Episode number 827, Business in the Twilight Zone. You're listening to the official BNI Podcast with BNI founder and chief visionary officer, Dr. Ivan Meisner. Stay tuned for networking and referral marketing tips from the man who's been called the father of modern networking, along with suggestions and insights into getting the most from your membership in the world's largest networking organization, BNI. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the official BNI Podcast. I'm Priscilla Rice, and I'm coming to you from Live Oak Recording Studio in Berkeley, California, and I'm joined on the phone today by the founder and the chief visionary officer of BNI, Dr. Ivan Meisner. Hello, Ivan. How are you, and where are you? I am at a BNI regional event in Milan, Italy. Oh, and man. I'm really excited to be here. I, I love my visits to Italy. I'll be here uh, for a couple of weeks. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> Okay. Well, so today's topic, Business in the Twilight Zone, is um, really a follow-up to another podcast that I did some time ago, episode number 792. 792 is, uh, has anyone ever tried to bribe you? And I tell you, I tell a story about a place that I worked as a young man, literally 40 years ago or more. And um, it was horrible, horrible place to work for. And I make some reference to the I make some reference to the Twilight Zone and my experience in 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 working there. So what I thought I might do is actually uh, tell the Twilight Zone story that I refer to in episode seven ninety two. Great. So I think one of my more unusual moments in um, business. Uh, was th- this forty years ago working uh, for this company? I, I it's long. It was well before BNI, and it was a short stint that I did working as the general manager of a light manufacturing plant in Los Angeles, California. And actually, the story begins uh, many years earlier than that, when I was a young boy, and I would stay up late um, watching old Twilight Zone episodes on television with my mother, and I, you know, I'm assuming that most people that are listening to this have, have seen at least some of the old Twilight Zone episodes that were done in the 60s. Uh, do, you, do you remember the Twilight oh, Zone definitely. TV series? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Rod, Rod Serling. Um, they're, they're amazing, the episodes. And I'd stay up and watch them with my mom. And there was one episode that I particularly loved about a little boy named Anthony who had incredible powers. And he completely controlled a small town. And he would do horrible things to people and, and to animals with his mind. And then his family and his neighbors would beg him to send the misshapen or deformed beast to the cornfields. And as soon as he had done it, you know, inevitably one of the townspeople or family members would say, they'd, they'd utter the infamous words, it's a good thing you've done that, Anthony. It's a real good thing you've done that. And I, I remember just watching that and being really creeped out as a little kid about this episode. And of course, then everyone, after someone said that, everyone would nod their heads in agreement and in total fear that Anthony might do it to them next time. So this, this made for great science fiction because I, because I love science fiction. It's stuck in my mind for many, many years. Now, fast forward uh, quite a few years, over 40 years ago, 
And I'm working for that same company that I talked about in episode number 792. Different, different situation, but same company. And um, I was the general manager, light manufacturing plant. And while I was there, I had the misfortune of working for the absolute worst, most dysfunctional <laughs> team of people I have ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was headed up by one of the co-owners, uh, and her name was Sally. And her, her idea of good management was yelling at everyone who didn't do what she said to do and do it immediately. I, I kind of thought of her as the Genghis Khan in female form. Uh-huh. And as soon as I started the job, almost immediately, I, I realized it was a horrible mistake. And almost every day I dreaded going to work. And finally, after three months, it happened. The most surreal experience of my entire management career. I was in the middle of a meeting with some of my employees from the production department, along with Ms. Khan, Sally, when she went into an absolute tirade, an absolute tirade, she screamed at an employee and then threw the young lady out of her office. And at that one, at that moment, one of the horror-stricken production employees who was still in the room looked solemnly at Sally and said, it's a good thing you've done that, Sally. It's a real good thing you've done that. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. It was like, oh my goodness, I'm in the twilight zone. This <laughs> is the twilight zone. You know, the cornfields are next. And <laughs> I'm thinking, I am, I am so out of here. I am absolutely <laughs> out of here. And that night, I went to a computer company. Um, I knew the owner of this computer company. And I said, Hey, I know you want to put together a marketing department. I'm about to, I'm about to leave the company that I'm with. And uh, I'm going to, you know, I had been doing consulting on a part-time basis, but I told him I'm, I'm going to leave and, and do consulting on a full-time basis. And, uh, you know, if you want to create a marketing department, I'm your guy. I can help you create that department. And he said, yes. And so the very next day, the very next day, I went into the twilight zone and, and gave my notice. Oh, and um, I have never regretted leaving that company. It was the experience. It was the experience that prompted me to start my consulting business full time. And anyone who's listened to my material or read any of my material, uh, leaving there and starting my own company was absolutely the best decision I ever made. I've never looked back except to chuckle from time to time because starting my consulting business is what led me to then start BNI. Mm-hmm. So in a very strange way, I, I'm grateful for this crazy person who was a horrible manager, uh-huh. but um, taught me a lesson about a couple of things. One is that when one door closes, uh, another one opens. And we often forget that. We just look at the door that's closed and, and we, you know, we don't look around for the opportunities that may lie on the other side or in, in, in different areas. And it, was, it really was an early lesson, Priscilla, about who I want in my room. Uh-huh. Most everyone knows about my book, Who's in Your Room? And it was an early management le- lesson on, you know, don't tolerate toxic environments. Uh, don't accept, accept toxic environments because, um, you know, it, it, they, they will just wear you down and you'll hate the work you're doing. 
and you can apply this to clients. Don't, don't accept toxic clients. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard sometimes because, you know, that's in, in some ways they're your bread and butter. They're how you're making money. But I, I, I can't tell you how many people I've met that have said, I had this toxic client. I kept him because I thought I needed the money. But then when I had enough and I let him go, it was like, you know what? I found other clients who were way better to work with. I should have let them go uh, earlier. Yeah, right. And, and this, of course, this of course to be, applies to toxic uh, members of a network. Mm-hmm. Not that we would ever have a toxic BNI member, but, you know, <laughs> any toxic people in, in your network, uh, it's important to move them out. I, I'll never forget a really good member, Priscilla, and I, and I told a variation of this years ago on a podcast, really good mem- member. I think he was a printer and he, he called me up and said he was stepping down um, from being I. And I was like, man, why? You, you, you get a ton of business out of this. And you, you know, you have loved being I. You've been in for several years. And he said, yeah, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm so busy. I just got a lot of, lot, I'm really busy. And so I, I put together this uh, exit interview. I didn't tell him I wrote no. the exit interview for him, but yeah. I wrote it for him. And I did this exit interview. And in the exit interview, one of the things that you can do when you're uh, talking to someone or interviewing someone, it's called semantic differential questioning, where you ask the same question in two or three different ways. And so I asked him, can you tell me why you're leaving? He said, you know, I'm, I'm really busy. I got a lot of business going on. And I asked him a few more questions and I said, well, might there be any other reason? He said, no, no, I'm just really busy. And then I asked a few more questions and I got the third or fourth time where I finally said to him, if there were another reason for leaving, what would it be? Uh-huh. And believe it or not, that's the concept of semantic differential questioning when it's interwoven with other questions really works. And that's when he said to me, all right, gosh, there's a member in the chapter who owes me a boatload of money and I don't want to see them every week. I'm really mad at them. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So, you, you know, you're going to leave because of this member. He said, yeah. I said, you got to stay and you got to take it to the membership committee. He said, no, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to cause a scene. Yeah. And that's when I guilt tripped him. I was like, um, you know, he's going to do this to someone else, right? And if you don't <laughs> speak up, then right. you're allowing it to happen to someone else. He's like, right. oh, I hate when you tell me things like that. He said, all right, I'll take it to the membership committee. And I went with him to the membership committee and Priscilla, I'm not kidding you. When he told this story to the membership committee, how this member owed him money and how, you know, he was, he was a difficult member. He was an angry member and he owed people money. One of the membership committee people said, oh my goodness, I'm having the same problem with him. Uh-huh. And so there was more than one. And, right. and so the membership committee did the right thing. They got rid of the bad member and kept the good member. So toxic members, difficult members, people who are not doing a good job or people who you know, owe people money, these are the people that you don't want in your chapter. And it was a lesson that I learned many, many, many years ago when working for this company. And that's my message for today. If anybody's got their own Twilight Zone experience uh, <laughs> from working someplace, I'd love to see it in the podcast. Over to you, Priscilla. I just have one question about that. Yeah. Do you think that the person who spoke that sentence that came right out of the twilight zone, um, do you think he did that on, did he know it was a part of the twilight zone? I don't think think? so. I don't think so. Um, uh, English was a second language. Uh Uh, It was a woman who said it and uh, English was a second language. And so I think it was just. Just the way it came out. Yeah, it was just the way it came out. Um, But let me tell you, it landed home for me (laughs) as literally part of the twilight zone. That is so funny. Okay. 
Great. Thank you, Ivan. Well, I think that might be it for this week. This podcast is sponsored by MeisnerAudioprograms.com. These audio programs will provide you with the tools and the inspiration to powerfully enhance your BNI experience. So check out the great material that's available to you at MeisnerAudioprograms.com and then use the promo code IVAN50 for 50% off of everything. All of the proceeds go to the BNI Foundation. Thank you so much for listening. This is Priscilla Rice, and we look forward to having you join us again next week for another exciting episode of the official BNI podcast.